all of the contexts in life that require you to sort of really, really consider how you communicate with people. And then all of the learning that comes from that and the growth is, I, I don't know, I wanted to sort of make that idea be the motor of the album, if that makes sense. This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champaign-Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box studio with a songwriter from the Champaign-Urbana music scene, past or present. Welcome to Champagne is also a band podcast. Today with me is Colleen Deremaya. You may know Colleen from her current project, Warm Darn, but you may also know her from Go Get 'em. Is that how you say it, right? Or we never actually like nobody knows. <laughs> go get 'em, go get 'em, go get Tom. Well, that's when I first saw it, I was just I I was like Gorgetium or something <laughs> is what my brain wanted to do. And then um, I'm like, oh, go get him. Got it. But who knows? Um, and uh, presidents select. So, Colleen, welcome to the show. And thank you for making the trip all the way out here to Sedoris. Uh, my absolute pleasure. I love coming out into the country because the open air agrees with me. And I'm super excited that you've, maybe this is a spoiler, but that you've agreed to play Sven Stock this year. So I'm super excited about that. I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> Today, we're going to be listening to Colleen's song, YouTube Tutorial, from the album Word Search. So without further ado, let's listen to it.
Welcome back. So, my favorite thing to ask is usually, did you start out with the music first, or did you start out with the words? I am very impressed and glad that you asked that question, because that was something unique for me about making all of Word Search, but especially YouTube tutorials, that I started with the music and like worked on that for a long time, and then kind of wrote words all at once for the whole album and kind of chopped them up and moved them around. They grew together over time, but initially they were very, very separate things. For that regard, I start with the music. I haven't always done that. I'm working on music now that's very much the opposite of that, where all of the words are written out and then songs are, you know, all done. The songs are all written, but like, you know, how exactly they're going to sound is to be decided. For YouTube tutorial, I, I wrote it after watching a bunch of YouTube tutorials about Ableton, which is the program that I use to make a lot of my music. You know, the goal at the time, early on when working on word search and YouTube tutorial was to sort of learn how to make it in the process of making it. So I spent a lot of time just kind of learning how to do Ableton. I think that's why it took me three years to make the record, just because I didn't know oh. what I was doing. I worked on it a lot. I kind of wrote out the songs and then made all of the sounds for the songs, like kind of out of just basic software synths, you know, just kind of experimented a lot with different sounds and different arrangements and different mixes. When you say you construct it, I mean, are you entering some of these things in through a keyboard or do you have the synth pads or the synth leads and things like that? Do you have them already selected when you start entering them in or do you... Oh, okay. I see you're shaking your, no, <laughs> your it, head. No, it, uh, it all kind of happens at once. One of my creative workflows is to just start working. You know, I, I all oftentimes just turn on Ableton or turn on the computer or pick up a guitar or whatever and just kind of 
go and kind of see what happens and then record it or write it all down and then sift through the pieces of that later, you know, for chunks that either get stuck in my head, whether I want them to or not, or whether, you know, there's something that I kind of remember a while down the line that I really like. But no, I, I compose all of it. It's not samples, like it's it's whole MIDI. Some of it I'll play like on a keyboard, but a lot of it, honestly, I just compose by hand. Like I just click and listen and click and move and listen and adjust and adjust and adjust. And it's really an incremental process. Is that in like a MIDI view or are you actually clicking in notation? Uh, both. Oh, okay. I didn't, uh, I, I guess I'm not aware that Ableton does engraving as well. Like the, the notation. Okay. Yeah. That's it's awesome. It, Ableton is pure witchcraft. It's so incredible. Hmm. Um, there's really no limit to what you can create once you can, you know, get your head around the tools. And then you're using Ableton as your DAW to actually record the music as well. So yep. it's, yeah, oh. This, this is becoming an Ableton commercial, but um, I use it to write. I use it to record. I use it to perform. It is hmm. like the brain of like that chunk of my creative. It's interesting to me that you named it Word Search because it's like you were, you had created the foundation and then you just searched for the words after yes indeed that is one of the kind of meanings of the title um by intention i mean in a broader context the title is about searching for words always and because that's not to get too kind of heady here i guess but you know communication between people is it can be difficult you know right. and it's so important um and having the right words and knowing how to use them, whether you're, you know, sitting in a podcast interview or, you know, trying to tell your parents something they don't want to hear or trying to fake your entire personality for a job interview. All of the contexts in life that require you to sort of really, really consider how you communicate with people and then all of the learning that comes from that and the growth is I, I don't know. I wanted to sort of make that idea be the motor of the album, if that makes sense. That is sort of the concept, for lack of a better word. Most of the songs, but especially YouTube tutorial, like at least tangentially pull from that concept. And I noticed, at least with this album, this is the last song on the album. And please correct me if I'm wrong, but this is also one that you are really judicial with your words. Like, no word is wasted. It's it's about four lines. I had to reread the first line because I feel like my brain tried to put it in different in a different order when I read it. And then um, I was trying to figure out who you were talking to when you learned from who you had. May I ask about the, the context in which that line because that's the one that just made me very it kind of threw me off when i when i tried to process it in my own brain when i first read that yeah so um i guess the first and last track are sort of broadly directed at the audience i suppose or everybody like you learned from who you had it's about forgiving people that were influential to you growing up because it's kind of you know, the whole album is about sort of learning in that context, I guess. Like, everybody is shaped by the experiences they had growing up. A lot of toxic ideas 
or negative worldviews or violent behaviors or things that are resulting from abuse or trauma, they get older and grow up and end up making some of the same mistakes that the people before them have, you know? It's hard from the young perspective to understand, you know, why somebody is the way they are. Maturity brings more clarity to that as you kind of go through it yourself. You know, that's kind of just a constant throughout human existence. You know, that was true a thousand years ago, 10,000 years ago, you know, and it'll be true in the future too. Like we all just kind of learn from who's around us. To me, looking forward, a lot of that process, I guess in America, as, as parents are all working and there's a much less engagement or interaction between, you know, adults who are working a lot harder for a lot less in this economy, in this world, etc. that kids are learning more and more from, you know, YouTube or mm. like the internet. And um, that it's not worse than learning from the people around you. It's the same. It's just there's more people around you because you're on the internet and because there's so much more access to information. I hope that makes sense. Why did you choose this one as your, as your favorite it's song. not it's not my favorite song. oh okay let's let's get that out there i don't have a favorite song oh that's right album. you did say yeah i'm sorry but you did say that it's okay email, it's okay but. but they're they're all my babies and i can't you know i can't pick a favorite do you view word search as like one piece with multiple movements maybe is that a little bit more of what i'm what i'm hearing that there's I guess there's no so. bright shining star it's it's all it's all this greater piece of work well yeah i mean i didn't make a single and then make another single and then write a bunch of filler songs i i didn't really write any songs at all at first they were they're just these kind of chunks of broader pieces of music that i really liked that i condensed and condensed and compressed and compressed and refolded and refolded into you know something more resembling a song <laughs> and then you filled it in with the the words to give them a broader context do you feel as if when when you have a, a bigger piece of music or you have a piece of music where it's instrumental and then you put the words do you feel that there's a certain sense of like does that create the context for the overall piece of music do, do you have a sense that, that the I, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I continue to expound, but I'm just like, I want to make sure I'm being I think like, I know what yeah. you mean. And no, I don't really feel that words provide all of the context. To me, the words are another instrument, or lyrics are just another instrument for the song, or another mix that happens to be the part of the song that people most engage with and most care about. I mean, I'm not talking about people... Like, I'm sure both of us that love music and, like, listen to a lot of different things. But, you know, people who are more casual listeners, you know, tend to latch on the lyrics as something that is the song. I just wanted to relate to them in a certain way. But also, I felt like I had to because Word Search is kind of an anomaly in all of the songwriting I've done and all of the d different production things that I've done over the years. I usually find myself writing pop songs or like rock songs or just much more conventional. So it, for me, it felt like adding lyrics was giving it some sanity. I see. Kind of grounding it in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For example, there is an instrumental track on the album. And to me, like that minute and a half long instrumental track has more direct, explicit context than 
any other song on the album. You know, that that doesn't come across automatically to people. You know, if somebody listening to that, I almost 100% guarantee would not come to the same conclusion or bring up the same feelings or the same emotions in the way that I do or the way that I hopefully would intend other people to feel when they listen to it. I'm talking about Jeremy's Bike, which is um, just a short kind of interlude in the middle that's maximalist, like, just truck of sound. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and when I was working on that, I wanted it to feel like, you know, being young and riding a bike out in the country, like, you know, kind of out here, gotcha. <laughs> which is why yeah. I was feeling so nostalgic on the drive in. So what is your approach to songwriting in general? Are you the type that hears it in your head first? Or are you the type that's kind of like, I'll let my fingers kind of pick and play at something and then once that starts forming, then I'll start building on it. Typically, I will know what I want the entire thing to sound like from the very beginning. And then I'll start working on that. And then while I'm working on that, I'll come up with something better and then adjust. But um, no, I, I almost always, when I have an idea, it comes to me all at once. The parts and the songs and the kind of the everything all at once. And it's just a, a game of catching it. You know, mm. or at least some of it, and then like not getting distracted from catching that while you're catching it. You know? Right. Like, you know, whipping out the phone to do a quick, just like, ba, 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 voice recording to, uh -huh. you know, get the melody down or whatever, or, you know, grabbing the Tascam and the guitar and like just playing it out as much as possible before having to like get frustrated and then go back and listen and be like, oh, yeah, no, that one goes that way. I uh, spend a lot of time chasing the idea of the sound. I guess that the poignant part of your lyrics feel like the, I see my life like a video game. I'm pleased with what I see with the overall arch of the album that those will be the final words that you say on this album. Is that how you wanted to kind of cap off the, the end of the album? It was intentional. Um, I think that I wanted a hopeful end because it starts kind of ominous and then for a lot of it is very anxious, but I wanted it to have a happy ending, you know, or sort of just a reassuring everything is going to be okay kind of message. YouTube tutorial had to be the last song because, and it feels a little silly saying this, but it just has to, you know, like uh -huh. it's just so big and so like like dramatic and so uplifting to me at least that i feel like it had to go last i end most of my sets with it just because of the big washout at the end it's an exciting way to just kind of like let go of all the tension that built up throughout the album the chords that you end up using do you feel like i guess i feel like they're can be a mix of like full and empty at the same time are you conscious of how that how you're putting those empty or or full like chords out there because it seems very distinctive of this album it's very intentional i do a lot of initial writing by ear like i told you earlier i and you know when i have an idea i'll just try to capture it as soon as it happens and a lot of that results in me just kind of like looking for notes without thinking about theory or thinking about key or anything like that and just kind of like getting what I can on paper or in the computer rather and then sort of kind of building the rest of the skeleton around those lines and I do most of that by ear. I don't have a super strong theory background but I've spent a lot of time around musicians and I've learned enough over time kind of know what I'm doing to a certain extent but I, it's not to me a very technical 
process. Despite the fact that yeah. it's happening all with technology, I know generally what chords I'm making enough to make it work. Your use of the vocoder, it's it's a good way to, to have this really rich sound with your voice. and Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll be happy to talk about any of it, really. But regarding that, it's not actually vocoder. It's auto-tune with lots oh. of effects. So it sounds kind of like a vocoder. When I was mixing everything on Word Search, um, there's so much post-processing going on because of how I'm like writing and mixing and doing all the effects and like performing it to myself live as I'm making it. It all has to run at once. So I use that same workflow with my vocals, you know, because if they're just another instrument in the mix, like I just treat them like another instrument in the mix. And that means tweaking effects and turning knobs and trying different things to see what works. It's not like there's one vocal effect I use on all the songs. They were all you know, all the effects on each were done really individually, but I don't need auto-tune to sing. I'm not a great singer. I am a perfectly adequate singer. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can sing just barely, sometimes well enough to pull all of this off. But uh, it's fun, and I like to sing, so. I don't know what the, what the correct word is, but your stage presence, you certainly give off the the impression that you really enjoy it i try to keep it real as i can and get just lost in the music on stage so chances are what you see me doing on stage are exactly what i'm doing by myself in my room mm. like listening to the music it's super personal and i'm okay with that you know like i i've spent a lot of time learning how to not be too hard on myself so like getting up on stage and just not caring really about like how i look or who's in the audience or what else is going on. Mm. Like, I just kind of want to get up there and get lost in the music and hope that somebody listening is also into it. It's certainly very polished product and that product. I'm so, so sorry I said no, it like but that, see, but I mean, it is a, a product, unfortunately. And I'm, I'm kind of glad you said that. I don't, that's something I hate about being a musician in 2019 is that if your music is not a product, nobody will take you seriously or nobody mm. will understand because every, you know, single piece of art has to be commoditized in order to be taken seriously. I feel really forced into that. Like I would love to make or release music that, mm. you know, totally disregarded being anything close to like a commercial product by gotcha. just being super raw or super pure. And I've kind of done that a little bit, like with songs about transition, but I really, I really strongly dislike feeling like I'm making, you know, something that is to be bought or sold. But it is. Yeah. And like, it has to be. Then it turns into an object or something to actually achieve or gain rather than something to just experience. Yeah, I, I don't ever care about if I play a show and there's no payout or the payout's super small. Like, I don't want it. Like, just, I'm there to just play my music and hope that other people enjoy it, you know? And if that results in some kind of material return one day, like, whatever, you know? That's not right. really, I don't care. I just picked up the uh, Badger Blanket, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. which... What do you think? To be honest, I've listened to it about twice through. It has definitely some of the same qualities as word search in terms of the synth sound, but it doesn't feel as directed. Right. It feels more like a little bit more hodgepodge 
hodgepodge is that okay yeah. for me to use but yeah, i mean it yeah. seems like it's definitely more of an anthology and then word search is more of a novel yeah. you know like it goes from beginning to end the other one badger blanket is is these snapshots of different things at least that's how it felt badger blanket i did that first as kind of like a thesis statement i was working on word search before i started working on badger blanket because i was kind of just doing that on the side like while sort of work like i would work on word search stuff and then take a break and work on badger blanket stuff i wanted to release something because i'd played like a few shows i i didn't have any recorded music out yeah i released it just to release it to release something you know to have yeah. something out there for me to learn how to release music and how to I deal see. with sort of Bandcamp and with social media and just kind of making mistakes to learn so that when I, when word search was ready, I'd be able to give it the platform it deserved. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Jubilee Cafe. Jubilee Cafe is a free weekly meal program at Community United Church of Christ, 805 South 6th Street in Champaign, Illinois. Jubilee Cafe serves a home-cooked meal from 5 to 6.30 each Monday. Their mission is to feed hungry people by cooking healthy, delicious meals and by serving their guests restaurant-style with servers waiting on tables. Jubilee Cafe is open to anyone who cares to eat with them. Because food insecurity among students is so high, they serve students as well as others in and around the Champaign-Urbana community who struggle with hunger. Meals are free to all and will be served each Monday evening, located in the accessible lower level of the building at 6th and Daniel Streets in Champaign. For more information on the meal or how to volunteer, go to the Jubilee Cafe CUCC Facebook page or email them at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. That's Jubilee dot cafe at community dash ucc dot org how long have you been out and performing in the champagne urbana music scene <laughs> um go get em was kind of the first project that did anything or went anywhere and that was in at the very very earliest late 2014 into early 2015 early 2015 i would say is when go get him was starting up and that was my friend blaze and i we were roommates at the time and i wanted to learn how to do ableton and he has been in lots of bands and has a lot of composition experience. Yeah, he was a music major in school and has written orchestras and done all kinds of cool things. So he would kind of write some lines or, you know, compose some parts. And then I would take that and get it into MIDI, pick the sounds and do all the sound design. It was just a fun way to kind of hang out, you know, work on music. We ended up doing it a lot and having a lot of fun. We, we played probably in total, like, 10 to 20 shows i don't really remember we didn't have any recorded released music other than like a couple one-off demos that were horribly mixed we had a lot of fun we played some cool shows we uh we played at what was then the accord hmm. or mm-hmm. tie dive or 51 main or all the different names it's had currently right. empty opening for the helio sequence 
which is super cool. I think they're they're on polyvinyl still. Yeah, we goofed around and played music, and it went well, yeah. and people told us they liked it, and. Uh, kind of got like a weird little scene going kind of unexpectedly and out of nowhere but then you know we didn't have any real structure or framework or kind of way to consistently perform or make music at all (laughs) gotcha um and you know both of us had lots of other things going on so eventually that just kind of stopped i kept going with ableton and kept working and learning and playing and watching youtube videos and writing so many horrible little songs you know eventually i managed to squeeze out some ones i like is there a particular venue that you like frankly i don't know and i don't feel like my opinion would be accurate of the scene i think there's a lot of people making a lot of cool music and i'm close friends with many of them and strangers to many more i i just am grateful that there are the institutions and you know people in the community that make it all go and make it all work because how cool is it that there's just so many people in one town that love music that much like i love that and i appreciate that and i try to stay grateful for that above any other thing that might be going on i'm kind of reclusive I I try to go to shows. I go to probably one or two a month. I really wish I could be the person that goes to all of the shows and, you know, sees everything and listens to all of it. Um, But I just, for personal reasons, I can't, I can't do that. And I don't want to be at shows and then be grumpier. Well, and I even meant, like, what's your favorite, what's your favorite venue that you've played at, even? I guess probably Accord High Dive, just because that sound mm. system is so great and so big. I don't know. I've, I've played a lot of places around town. I miss the I4C, even though it was really just a big concrete box and, you know, the reverb was crazy because uh-huh. the room was so live. They had, they had a cool community there. I don't... I don't know if they're still doing shows in that space. I think it was maybe I don't think so. renamed as something else at one point recently, but I think there was some kind of secret venue up there, some uh-huh. kind of cool kids club. And I have never been a cool kid, so you want to go to shows, but you, you have your own thing to work on that one day contributes to shows, right? So like, eh, you, it's it totally makes sense to just kind of stand and work on your own thing. I don't know. There's just so much content in the world to absorb, so much music, so many events regarding the DIY scene. It is is so special to be at a show with like you know five or six people in the audience um whether you're in that audience or whether you're playing or whether you're like watching another band that's playing like it's just i love the community and the feeling Mm. of just being with people that you may or may not know experiencing something that is happening exactly once and music as an art form is so ethereal and so impermanent like once the sound waves Mm. leave the air it's gone you know it's not like a painting it's not like a, a sketch artist it's not you know, watching someone sculpt live or anything like that. It's something that is in the air around you in that exact pattern only once. And it's never going to be exactly like that again. And I don't know, that appeals to me. Like, just, it's something very unique. And it's, you know, you can make it whatever you want. If you want it to be, you know, a fun night out with friends, it can be a fun night out with friends. If you want it to be, you know, a really introspective personal experience, it can be, like, going to shows is great. Um, this is me talking myself into going more shows. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting that you mentioned like those DIY shows where it's, you know, maybe a very, very small audience, but it's just like, 
how special is that that you get to be the the one that that maybe years down the line it's just like yes i was at that show and you know it was me and five other people and you know you get to be the person that locks that away in your brain and be the only one that gets to carry that which i think is just incredibly special is there is there a particular i don't know band or musician that you're particularly excited about you know that's going on in the scene like what what local music floats your boat these days i like a lot of the weirder stuff going on right now Uh ella's project formerly poppy rose i'm not sure what they're calling it now um i love just all of the experimental music happening okay so this is something that i'm probably maybe one day gonna get some hate for but like I'm not really interested in live guitar music a lot of the time. Like, I feel like so many bands, so many bands, not just here, everywhere, just are kind of writing the same songs or like making kind of the same feeling of music. And I just, I feel like I've heard it before a lot of time. Yeah. Like, I'm just not super interested in going to like hear a rock band most of the time. I don't know how I feel about that. Cause like I love I love all kinds of music and I listen to rock records all the time, but I'm just like so rarely interested in I don't know yeah and and I don't want to diss anybody like at all. There isn't anybody that is in the back of my head that I'm trying not to say that I like particularly hate um, because I don't hate any of the local bands. I know it's a simple question, but I guess no, I'm not super familiar with that many other local bands because I'm so wrapped up in my own thing yeah you know like i'm so kind of focused on my own stuff and that's selfish i know but everybody has to have that step you know yeah like yeah oh i do really like uh luke spencer's project fall afternoon i think he's doing a different project now but that i really really enjoy so i'm gonna rep anybody i'm gonna rep that album uh the fall afternoon by uh fall afternoon Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Exile on Main Street. Exile on Main Street, located in the old train station building at 100 North Chestnut Street in downtown Champaign, has been helping to build record collections since 2004. Carrying a wide array of new and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile on Main Street has something for just about any music enthusiast and old school gaming devotee. Exile also hosts regular free live music shows on its stage, so be sure to check out their Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for the up-to-date details on the next upcoming event. Open seven days a week. They can be reached by phone at 217-398-MAIN. That's 217-398-6246. What is your favorite non-musical thing? Oh, video games. Video games? I spend so, so much time playing video games. It is unhealthy. (laughs) Would not recommend it to anybody. I enjoy it very much. Is there a particular style of video games that you like? Currently, I love RPGs. I'm currently playing Mm -hmm. Guild Wars 2 um quite a bit i uh i'm playing counter-strike 
more lately because the pro scene is kind of picking up right now. I like esports, you know, competitive gaming in general. But for hmm. me, I play really everything. Like music and video games were what I did as a youth alone in the country. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Yeah. You know, would you ever, would you ever, sorry to bring this back into the whole video, but would you ever be into like writing music for video games? I would love that. And if anybody listening has <laughs> any work for me to do on that whatsoever, hit me up, email me, come knock on my door. I will almost probably definitely say yes, because I think I'd be great at that. And it would be so, so, so much fun. I think it'd be fun to do like a, a score for some kind of visual medium because that's kind of how I work anyway. Um, yeah. Just sort of like making music for a feeling or for an event or a story. I would find it relatively easy to kind of change modes into mm -hmm. doing film. I hope I'm right, but I'm pretty sure that I'm right. <laughs> Is uh, the, the, the person that writes uh, the, the music for The Walking Dead, Bear McCleary, and uh, I just started watching again the sci-fi series uh, Eureka from way back when, and oh, yeah. I didn't realize that that's bear that's both both of those are Bear McCleary, and I was like, oh, because like of course Eureka has to be like this whimsical kind of you know little sciencey geeky kind of sound, but you know. Walking Dead is just this very dark and like Bear McCleary uses in in The Walking Dead this I want to say it sounds like a prepared piano is the sound for the for the theme music but then you go over to like Eureka and it's and it's this whimsical like whistling kind of sound and just um those would definitely be yeah I mean there's uh, I would say that that's probably one of my favorite writers i think my favorite musician musicians i suppose for uh, television and film are david lynch and mm. uh, oh. angelo baldamenti just their yes. oh, oh 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 i love i love their mood music and their really synth heavy atmospheric dark kind of malaise that sits over mm. all of the the visual work and adds such an atmosphere a lot of the music that we take every day gets to be generated for commercials and for for TV shows and yeah, that's like what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, I mean, well, the, yeah, the commodification. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I do think that it, it it gives it that unique opportunity to have the the visual aspect to the music as well. Yeah, you know? well, I mean, it's natural, you know, and in real life, IRL. Almost every physical action has an audio action with it. So I, I guess, you know, people expect sound with the video. Like, it just makes sense. Talkies make yeah. sense. Colleen, thank you for coming out and telling me all about your song. YouTube tutorial. Did I really? <laughs> YouTube tutorial. <laughs> to YouTube. To YouTube. Tutorial. For Turbital. Torbjorn. From your album, Word Search. And... I look forward to hear like what you're working on and what new things you're developing. And hopefully it doesn't take you another three years. Hopefully it, it no just promises. rolls off. Oh, 
Okay. No promises. It'll it'll <laughs> it'll happen uh, when it's good. Excellent. And if it doesn't ever become good, then it's not happening. But I, you know, I I think it'll be okay. I'll All tell right. you that much. I think it's going to be uh, pretty good. But did, so you do have some <laughs> things in in process that you're. Oh yeah, yeah. No, my next album is like. No, anyway, yeah, no, maybe. <laughs> maybe, perhaps. <laughs> Who knows? Anything's possible. Excellent. Well, thank you so uh-huh. much for coming no, on thank the you show. For, thank you for having me, Sven. I'm sorry to, you know, I, I drank all this coffee that you so kindly provided for me, and it <laughs> makes me talk fast and feel good. Thank you for listening to Champagne is also a band podcast. This is Warm Darn reminding you great music is out there. Go find it where you live. You almost have an NPR voice. It's so good. South <laughs> <laughs> on the inside.